All right. Now here's, here's the line I've been trying to get to for 28 minutes. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. No, 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 that's not it. You're a move of God behind. It's the next line. From such, keep as a Facebook friend. From such, go visit them so they can spew their venom through your spiritual bloodstream. So when you come in here, your shout is stolen, your victory is stifled, and your revival is stopped. This may not be what you want, but it's what you need. From such, turn away. Talk to the hand. Come on, put your hand up. Say, talk to the hand. I'm talking about your best Facebook friend. Talk to the friend. Talk to the hand. Turn away. Turn away. Not coddle. Not excuse. Not placate. Not patty cake with, not fellowship, turn away. Do you feel closer to God after the two of you gossip? Complain, tailbear, backbite, criticize. How's that work for you? Proverbs 22.10 will be my text. We'll see who the real believers are for the next two or three weeks. Proverbs 22.10. Cast out the scorner. Do what? Do what? Have them over to your house because they've, you know, they've been friends and, you know, they don't go to church anymore. They really talk bad. They went over to the church down the road where they got a keg on the platform and we. Well, where are they? Look around. Where are those that filled these pews? quiet. Oh, I'm going to give you some stuff. I'm going to so build you up. Here we go. This is so powerful. Cast out the scorner, the troublemaker, and quarrels, and strife, and contention, and arguments, and tension will cease. Can you imagine going to church where contention ceases, where quarrels cease? I'd like to just get that going in the dormitories, where strife stopped, 
where I didn't have to spend 15 staff people's time trying to separate people and their lies and their demented talk. I could hear somebody, well, you're not going to tell me who I can fellowship. Did I? All I've done is read the word to you. Choice is yours. You want to hang out with scorners and troublemakers and backbiters and complainers, then you're going to be a scorner, a tailbearer, a backbiter, and a complainer. There's about to be some cutting. Because there's some stuff hanging on you that's poisoning you. There's some stuff hanging on you that your breakthrough can't happen because there's a roadblock that you're cutting to. I'm gonna break you out, man. We're gonna cut that stuff off of you. Well, they were my best friend. Well, they proved they never were your friend. Here's what the Bible says. They went out from among us that it might be revealed that they were never part of us to begin with. Well, if I don't let him do thus and so, it's quiet. If he'd stop watching porn, he wouldn't try to bring that into your bedroom. Making your wife act like a common prostitute. Tell him no. What? I said tell him no. You treat me like the bride of Christ, I'll treat you like my prince. But you... I'm not your property. Oh, look at the women. I said, I'm not your property. You don't own me. We're in a covenant. But I have to do this because my husband's head so. Don't have enough of God to blow your nose. So interdependent. You don't need another marriage seminar. You need an altar. Marriage is a covenant partnership. It's not ruled by one or the other. And some of you men get the hook out of your nose living under the petticoat government. I've seen men leave this church by the dozens because their wife got miffed. Why is it quiet? Where are those that used to shout? Where are those that used to lead? They're gone. Hallelujah. Cast out the scorner. And tension will cease. You can be seated. Some of you 
are courting a snake. But it's so pretty. And we get along so well. And they've got more followers than I do, so maybe if I'm, I'll get more. I get people comment on my Facebook, comment on my Instagram, and I click on their site and then ban them because they don't know how to put clothes on. Well, I don't care if you like my sermon. I'm obviously not getting through to you. And throwing down their shots and their whiskey. No, no, you're not part of me. I got to get to heaven. And I don't like you enough to sacrifice my anointing for you. Get right, repent, find an altar, get back in church, and we'll fellowship. Go make what you did right, and then we'll talk. No accountability. No accountability. Watch this. You're courting a snake. There was a woman, and she found a very, very beautiful snake, but it was very, very sick. Most snakes are. And so she brought it into her home, and she took care of it, and she fed it, and she nursed it back to health. And they, they just had the most beautiful time together. She would show her snake to everyone, so glad they were together. And suddenly one night, the snake crawled up in bed with her and bit her on the neck. And as she was dying, she said, how could you do this to me? And the snake hissed. I'm a snake. Killing is what I do. They did it in the last church they were in. They did it in the church before that. They did it before that. Then they moved on and did it somewhere else. And now they're sitting next to you. Am I preaching right, Elder Braun? Here's what I say. Are you ready? I dare you to shout, preach, preacher. Let every idolater and every infidel, let every heathen and heretic, along with every deceiver and their deceived, let every manipulator and malcontent, let every renegade and every rebel and every deserter and every discontent and every demon and devil, and don't leave out every single seducer and every scorner. Let every single solitary one of them and their cohorts and their cunning companions and the horse they rode in on be called out 
and let them under the convicting power of the mighty hand of God respond and repent or be exposed and expelled forthwith. I'm not talking about from in here. I'm talking about from in here. What fellowship has light with darkness? The sons of God were the sons of Belial. Well, Pastor Rod, they're still in the kingdom. They just are upset, and God sent me to rescue them. Do you know what happens when you put a bad apple in a barrel of good apples? All the apples spoil. Do you know what happens when you put a good apple in a barrel of bad apples? The good apple spoils. You don't have time. You don't have spiritual energy. You don't, you've got family that are going to split the bowels of hell wide open. Somebody you love has cancer. You need to get your prayers answered. Cut, cut, cut. And don't cry when they're gone. Get this, I need every preacher, every deacon, every elder that thinks everybody's crying because you're gone. It is entirely possible. In fact, it is biblically probable to decrease in numbers and increase, I said, and increase in presence and power. In the first three months of COVID-19, in the first three months of COVID-19, 33% of all church members left the church. And they're not coming back. I'm going to say it again. They're not coming back. If the only reason you could preach is because you had a crowd screaming at you, I had a so-called Pentecostal preacher say to me one time, say, I, I said, you've changed your message. They said, I know, but I've learned the phrases to use, and I've learned the inflection of my voice, and I am addicted to the roar of the crowd. That's who you send money to. Because you have no discernment. Because you're fellowshipping everybody but him. You're talking to everybody but him. You're in everybody's presence but his. You're in everybody's business but his. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the person behind you. Think of that. Think of that. In three months, that's all it took to separate 
over 30% of the people that were going to church every Sunday morning. Over 1 million people a year before COVID left Pentecostal churches. You think we want a million souls? And guess why? It's your ugly spirit. It's your gossip. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the person five over from you. No, I am. I understand. You're still here. I get it. But I'm not naive enough to think because I see it with my own eyes. People that used to serve in leadership in this church, calling people on the phone. You ought to leave there. People that graced this platform that no longer do. Well, where are they? Well, they're not here. What else do you need to know except to satisfy your gossip? What is that to you? Jesus told one of the disciples, what is that to you? You're supposed to be following me. But the church has been such, become such cult followers and personality addicts. A few months later, USA Today News released the story. For the first time since 1937, 40% of people left the church and those that attend church regularly on Sunday morning for the first time since when? 1937. Those that attend church regularly are in the minority. Oh, I'm not, I'm not upset about it. God told us there will be a purging and then he's going to send a refreshing and a revival and his presence. Sometimes, sometimes we're busy hanging curtains and painting walls and laying new carpet before we've taken out the trash. Anything alive has appetite, but it sure enough has discharge. My son, Miles Monroe, Miles Rutherford, sorry, my brother Monroe is in heaven, said God gave him a word that 76% of the church would fall away. Think of that. Knew the power of God, knew the grace of God, knew the anointing of God, stood here. And watch hands be laid on blind people and they see. Some of them handed their own children back from death. But it's not enough. It's not enough. In April, San Diego reported that 
76% of Christians, 76% of Christians now believe it's perfectly acceptable to agree with the LGBTQRFDXYZ agenda. Many of you are sitting here, millennials. Why do you call good what he calls evil? That's what he said to the apostle Peter. Don't you call good what I've cursed and don't you curse what I've called good. Homosexuality is an abomination. Now I love every single one of them and I love them enough to preach the gospel in truth so that they can be delivered, not accept their lifestyle. Seventy-six percent. There were 500 people that were called to the upper room. 380 of them were too busy. Too busy to pray. Too busy to attend service. Too busy. 500, 380 is 76%, that graphic is wrong, is 76% of 500. I'll give you another one. Gideon was facing 135,000 in the army of the Midianites. And God said, when Gideon had 32,000, going up against 135,000. And God said, Gideon, honey, you got too many on Sunday morning. And God said, I want you to go out and I ask, want you to ask your 35,000 if they're fearful. And 35,000 were reduced. 35,000 became 22,000. 22,000 is 76% of 32,000. What does that mean? Wait. Y'all swallowed your tongue when my son said 76%. Wait. That was the first wave for Gideon. That was the first purge. At 22,000, when 76% had rebelled and vanished, God said, you still got too many. And he took it down to 10,000. And God said, you've still got too many. And took it down to 300. From 35,000 
to 300. People used to ask me when this place was packed out to the rafters every service, they'd say, my goodness, pastor, how many do you have in your church? And I'd say about 1,500. They said, well, I see you on TV. You say that place seats 52,000. You got folding chairs all over it. I said, I didn't ask you. You didn't ask me how many I had coming. You, you asked me how many I had in the church. Everybody that comes not in the church. People come to church for all kinds of reasons. So they can sit by their boyfriend and hold hands under their coat. Are you listening to me? You can't afford to be deceived. Leonard Ravenhill took it even further. He said, I doubt that even 5% of the people sitting in the pews of America are even saved. You can't sin every day and be saved. You can't watch porn three times a week and be saved. You can't be a drunk and be saved. Why are you quiet? You can't be an adulterer and be saved. And remember what Jesus said. Jesus said, you look on that woman to lust after her. You've already committed adultery. Click, click, click. Cut, cut, cut. Block, block, block. Adult Christians are all the time worried about, well, we got to put some blocks on our kids' stuff. Seem to me like you ought to put some blocks on you. Block, block, block. Avoid the appearance of. Yes, glory. Yes, glory. Even the babies are shouting. <laughs> Blessed be God forever. I'm getting ready to close, but I'm not finished. Mark 13 is a stark warning. Do you know there are warnings in your Bible? Besides the blessings, there are warnings. Because the blessings of God are always conditional. God said, I'll do this if you do that. If my people, give us revival. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Wait. Every time you hear wicked ways, you think about people in the world. That's not who he's talking about. If my people will stop sinning, here's when you can stop repenting. When you stop sinning. It's quiet. It's so quiet. How many of you think you've come up with a few people to cut, cut, cut? Nobody? You're more backslidden than I thought. Because I'll guarantee you there's not a one of you that doesn't have those. 
that you need to cut. Well, they'll get mad at me. Well, then just go to hell for them. Let your children stay lost. When they tell you you have cancer and have to die and cannot live. Are they the ones you're going to call? By the time I finish this thing, I may give a cell phone altar call. Just, just come on, let's, let's just get them on the altar. Because when I should be in bed, I'm up at three o'clock in the morning. Let me tell y'all something. Rarely, is there anything good that happens after midnight? When you're breaking curfew and coming in at one o'clock, you ain't out praying. You ain't having a revival meeting. David went where he shouldn't have went. Looked at what he should never have looked at. Saw what he should never have seen. Do you know there are people on here specifically sent by the devil who say they're your friends to get their venom in your ears and destroy your ability to receive from God? Ain't nobody got no time for that. Mark 13, here it is. A stark warning. Unless God himself shorten the days before the rapture, even the very elect of God. Think about the most spiritual person you think you know. They would be deceived. That's how evil this thing's going to get. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 shouts a sobering caution that because they rejected the truth of God's word, he would send them strong delusions. This is one of those powerful verses in your Bible. To believe a lie. And be damned. Most of these people believe what they're saying. They have convinced themselves of what is true. 
The Bible calls them in their lying hypocrisy. They spread their venom. Cut. 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 Love them from a distance. Watch this. Watch this. Do not attempt to counsel a scorner. Listen to the Bible. Listen to God's Word. Don't try to talk to them. Lest they kill you. You cannot reason with unreasonable people who believe a lie it's not your job to convince them otherwise. It's your job to live righteous, to live holy, to be pure in your heart and worship God and cut off everything else that would hinder you in your walk. Let us lay aside every sin and sinner who easily besets us. If they don't build you up, they're tearing you down. If they're not exalting the church, their purpose is to destroy the church and you with it. They want company to hear their corrupt conversation. And corrupt conversation will destroy your life. Pick your right foot up. Shake it. Pick your left foot up, shake it. Now move on. Don't cast your pearls before swine. You can dress up a hog in a lace blanket. Put $3,000 an ounce perfume behind its floppy ears. Brush its ugly teeth. Sit it down in a $30,000 automobile. But just as soon as you open the door, your hog's going right back to its wallow. Because you can't change the nature of a hog. It's a snake. It's a hog. Realize it. And cast out every scorner. Those that steal your joy, disrupt your peace. Do you ever get around people and they never have anything positive to say? Every, every single thing is negative. Just negative. Stop. Cut, cut, cut. Block, block, block. Cast out the scorner. Amen? And you will be part of the remnant. You will be part of the greatest revival the world has ever known. You will be purged and cleansed. Your body, your mind, your spirit, your emotions will not be distracted and deceived and disturbed any longer. Out, I say, out with every scorner. 
Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.